How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Hashtag Spread the Sand. I'm Dylan Thompson, and my guest today is Ryan Futagaki. Ryan, how you doing? Good. How are you Good doing, man. Dylan? Trying to keep sane with all the craziness going on working remote. You know how it is. It is. It's, it is crazy. It is crazy. These times, it's a very unique time right now. So, yeah. I appreciate you coming on to this episode. I've uh, been talking to a lot of great people, and when you, when I reached out to you, and you seemed so stoked about it, you were like, you know, let's sit down and chat. Um, and with all your experience being within the program, I just want to first off say thank you for coming on. Of course. No, no. Thank you. I mean, it, it's, it's great what you're doing. You're, uh, you know, like, like you're saying, you're spreading the sand, like you're, you know, you are, um, you're in at the very beginning of it and especially for the women's side, but, um, just trying to expand it. I mean, it, it's, it's such a great sport. It's such a, it could go so many, so many other directions, but again, we need more, um people like yourself to spread it you know spread it and show how awesome this game is no doubt man i just want to see you know how how big we can promote it um but kind of getting down to you know a little bit of your roots um so growing up in orange county what what did that look like for you it was crazy man there was this uh i I loved every bit of it Um, obviously the beach was right in my backyard um but you know skating surfing and then you could also snowboard in, on all the same day. I mean, it was crazy. But, you know, growing up in a very competitive family, we all, me and my brothers all kind of uh, had our different areas. My brother was a pro, pro snowboarder and also played soccer. My other brother was sponsored by bodyboarding, but also played soccer as just well. Just a bunch of athletes. So <laughs> it was, you know, and I was the youngest just getting beat up and, you know, people kicking my ass and they, they just, they would beat me up all the time, but it made me who I am today. But yeah, growing up there, it was awesome. You know, you, the beach was right there. Um, being able to play every day, living in Ohio now, you could, there, the advantages of living by, um, in Southern California, especially that it's hot all the time, you know, so it gave us a lot of, um, um, advantage if you could say about playing year round so that's you know looking back i i didn't really take it for granted but it's it was fun man i I played literally year round i did not take time off something you don't think about right like some people have the seasons affect what their playing looks like or you know causes them to kind of maybe play less frequently but it sounds like you got the opportunity to play a lot more and more frequent yeah, I mean, just literally living in Ohio, even li- when I lived in Chicago, you there's difference. Like, you know, you have futsal, you have indoor, you know, and granted, those are great sports, but they also tend to give you some bad habits sometimes as an outdoor player. Not saying that it doesn't help, but, you know, I was able to literally play year round. I did not, I did not take time off. There was no, there was no, there was, I, I loved the sport so much and I knew that, I just had to uh, keep on going because people <laughs> were bigger and better than me at the time, you know, so I had to push even harder. So, yeah. And so that grind didn't stop as your first national team experience, not being the beach national team, but being the U-20 United States squad. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was it was awesome from being able to get brought up to the under-20 team. I mean, this was a – uh, an amazing team. I mean, you you get guys. I mean, we talked a little bit before. You get guys like Steve Trundolo, Carlos Bocanegra, Tim Howard, John Thorington. I mean, these guys are a big name. Even Taylor Twelman was on our team too, as well. Um, this team was very special. Um, 
it was uh, such a good good team to be on. But not only that, to when I look back and, and think of my years, all my years that I've been with these national teams, it all comes back to like the mentality, the, the mentality and the culture. Um, all of our guys were so well-rounded and professional. It, it, it made it so much easier to come onto a team like that. And it wasn't just like some amateur level. I mean, we were still, I was what I was 17 years old, 18 years old coming on that team. And um, there was a lot, there was like four or five of us from the U18 pool team that got brought up because it was under 20 world cup coming up. So you had a lot of these older guys that you, obviously we had to prove ourselves, but I mean, they, they brought you in, they made you feel comfortable. They, you know, they, they put you in your place, but again, you had to earn your respect. You know what I mean? So it was a very special team and you, I really saw what, um, what that you know what it means to be a playing for the u.s national team i mean it's not just a team you know what i mean you're representing your country you you put on that crest it's you know it's it's not it's no no messing around basically you know what i mean you still have your fun but it's there's there's that culture there you know for sure and then you know that paired along with playing for ucla i I can only imagine you know how serious you were taking this as the potential for you playing professionally is it's at its cusp, honestly. Yeah. I mean, again, like the reason why I I go back to these national teams, like all my different transitions, it did prepare me like, cause my U 20 team and the Olympic team, when I played for them, yeah, I played in the U 20 world cup, but even playing in the Pan Ams with the Olympic team, um, you had guys that were already on UCLA, but they, they, even prepared me from the very beginning when I got to UCLA, it's not the national teams, right? So, you know what I mean? You can't come in saying, oh, I was on the U20 team or I was on an Olympic team. It's like, it's a whole nother ballgame. Like, you're playing for UCLA, you play for UCLA. So, again, going under Ziggy, you know, a, a legend, one of my, you know, one of my biggest mentors that I had, I meant they really helped me in the sense that they, not only humbling, but it's just like, you got to put all the everything everything aside. You got to earn your you got to earn your respect. You got to earn all that that you have there. Um, you know, at UCLA, it wasn't national team players. I feel like so many kids now these days, and I'm not saying all, but are very. Um, uh, what's the word that I want to say? You know, I know what I mean? I, so you they, can't they, come into UCLA and walk around with swagger, thinking you're coming from the national team. You have to earn your keep oh. when you get there. You get put in your place real fast if you yeah. did that, which many people in the past have. But again, if you figure that out fast and you just, you know, you come in, you come in as a freshman, you work your way, you know, you work your way, you work, you earn their respect. And, and you know, that's the way you take it. You'll get respected really well and you'll get taken in really well. If you don't, you don't. I mean, it's just plain and simple. There's too many kids that expect that they, they deserve something that they haven't even earned it yet. You know what I mean? So coming into that program was so humbling. And, you know, Ziggy told me from the very beginning, he's like, yeah, you, you could start, but you're not, you know, you could come in and you can make a difference, but you're not, you have to prove that you have to come off and off the bench. You may not even play in a game, you know? Um, and then being able to just work my way up. I mean, he really helped me, humbled me. Um, and, if we got ever caught wearing anything national team around, it would just be, oh man, we get so in trouble because we, we weren't with the national team. 
I'm in. You know what I mean? So it, it, that as a as a leadership a leadership role that he had, and as my mentor, I mean, he really instilled what professionalism meant, even at a collegiate level. So, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, UCLA was was phenomenal. And so we'll come back to that that Siggy mentality in a little bit when we reference the beach team. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like post UCLA, uh, you spent some time in Chicago as well. What did that time in Chicago mean to you? Um, playing with a lot of again great pool of players. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Chicago meant a lot to me. Again, you know, I, I, you know, you um, you 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 get in the mix. You get sometimes you make it to you made it to the highest level, and sometimes it gets in your head that. Not like I'm, a, you're unstoppable, but you're, you know, you're a pro now, right? And uh, I had a lot of guys on that team humble me a lot too, as well. And <clears throat> um, seems to be the thing, right? You know. Um, but I think that all these guys were put in my path for a reason. You know, like you look at my, you look at my Chicago Fire team. You know, you look at that Chicago Fire team. It was, you again. You had Chris Armas was my our leader. You know, you had uh, Jesse Marsh. You had Jimmy Curtin. Carlos Bocanegra, John Thorrington, Demarcus Beasley. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. And so many of them now are coaches. So again, to be entering a, a on a pro team with that caliber of players, being able to mold me and, and to kind of teach me the way and how to kind of grow up a little bit, you know, it really helped. I mean, over time and Again, <clears throat> I made some mistakes, but if I always say is if you don't learn from your mistakes, shame on you, you know. But I've I've learned from many of my many of my mistakes that I've done, and you know, just recovered and moved on, you know. Um, but yeah, that that team, I mean, we you we won a um, we won a Lamar Open Cup, and then we also made it to the MLS Finals that year. It was actually pretty cool because. I would have, I literally would have been the first collegiate athlete from a winning a national championship to winning Lamar and MLS, MLS cup, the same, like back to back to back, but we lost in the finals to San Jose, Landon Donovan, I think slotted two of them against us at the end, but we lost uh, in the finals in the MLS cup that year. Probably feeling a little gutted from that, huh? (laughs) Oh man, that would have been sweet. You know, I don't think anyone has done that sense still so the players that tend to be more successful and you know are better leaders on the team are the ones that are the most coachable you take what people say with a grain of salt and kind of just let that motivate you and work towards certain things i i I mean it's it's huge it's it's very big you know you have to once you think you're the best once you think you're the best and then that's when you start going downhill you know, or you're retired. Once you're once you're retired, you're done playing soccer. You not not thinking you're the best, but like you could say, "Hey, I ended high." You know, I proved myself. I you know put in the work. But you know, for me, I always am learning. I always was learning to the day that I literally retired last year. You know, like I, I don't care who you are, where you came from, uh, what kind of level or skill set you have. I can always take away something from anyone. You know what I mean? And when you stop trying to do that, then you think you're the best. Then you start going downhill or then you just get this reputation where it's – you don't want that. Yeah, you know what definitely. I mean? So, I mean, the coachable, being able to be very coachable, um, humble, um, you know, that's a that's a big one for me. And, um, 
and just, you know, being a team player, you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's about the team, you know, especially in soccer, you know, it takes a full team. It takes, you know, uh, a, a whole, your whole, from the bench warmers to the water boys, to the trainers, to the coaches, to everything. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. You're a part of the team and it takes a whole team to win. You know, I've been on, man, I've been on, a national championship team. I've been on a Olympic uh, bronze medal team, which I don't think any national team has got bronze medal still to this day. Um, I have a, a, you know, MLS cup ring. Um, You know, you just don't, I'm very fortunate, but you just, the teams looking back, every single team that I have, people knew their roles. People were all about the team and then individual shine, of course. But it's it, it it all had to focus around the team, and he had great leadership. You know, our captains were amazing. You know, yeah. so yeah. And then getting into your finally getting into your beach soccer experience after that great career already. Um, what? How was beach soccer introduced to you? Was it incorporated with you? You know, throughout your UCLA career, and then you kind of honed in on you know this is what I want to be doing. This is the game for me. You know what? I didn't even – the reason why I knew about beach soccer prior to me even knowing it actually existed was David Benoli, who was a goalkeeper back way back in the day when the U.S. national team was the U.S. national team but funded not by the federation, by like an individual uh, rich guy, I think. I don't even know. Um, um, he, you know, he was my U-20 goalie coach. And then he was my, you know, at UCLA, he was our goalkeeper coach too. And he was, you know, he had the headband, the uh, Ray-Bans, and they always had uh, tournaments in Huntington Beach, on the beach. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I saw that, and then obviously growing up in Huntington Beach and playing soccer after we'd go surfing or whatever, we'd always, you know, go play soccer or kick the ball around in the sand. But I didn't really get serious or want to even think about it is until around the end of 2006, 2007, when I left Chicago fire, came back home, went back to college. And uh, that's when Eddie Soto was assistant coach there. And I think I told, I mean, I told you this before I wanted to do something after my MLS career was done competitively. So I just started running marathons and, um, and that he knew I was super fit. And I would go out there and train with him all the time, too. So I still was able to play. So he's like, would you ever think about it? And he just got the uh, U.S. Uh, beach soccer head coaching job. So I was like, yeah, like, of course I'll come try out. <laughs> you know, how hard could this be? <laughs> to be honest, I was like, how hard this For sure. Know? You were I fit. Played the you played level. at a high level. You're like, let's let's do it. Why not? Dylan, the, I mean, the first camp that I went into – and there was, you know, the veterans like who played with Eddie. It was, you know, the Jevons, the, uh, you know, Bennies and Yuri, Jaguar, all these guys, Ronnie Silva. These guys were the nicest guys in the whole entire world. I mean, I, I'm telling you, they welcomed me in. But like, man, I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is, I played on the sand. I played in, I felt like after one practice, I felt like I had like 15, 20 pound bags on my legs, <laughs> even being as fit as I was. It's a complete different fitness. No doubt. You know what I mean? And after that practice, I literally talked to Eddie after, and I was like, dude, I want to play for this team. And I'm like, I suck. Like, I really am bad at a sport that I've played at the highest level at 
and I'm not very good at it. Like, are you kidding me? I'm tripping. On, I was trying to full sprint at a ball, and I'm tripping on the ball. I tried to kick the ball. I almost break my kneecap. Like, it's just it's crazy. You know, I wasn't thinking of, you know, all the other technical ability that you have to, you know, that, that the sport entails. So from that point on, I was like, I want to play. So, like, I'm not joking. For five, six months, I literally would go after work, and I would just run to the beach, and I would – literally take a ball and dribble in the sand for hours, literally for the next five, six months. But I wasn't going to stop until I was able to do all the basics, right? Flicking it up and, you know, all that, the the tiny little things that people don't understand about beach soccer Um, until I was able to, you know, make the team and be a solidified player on the team and, and then just keep it going. And I just didn't stop. And, it's all about the love of the game too. I mean, obviously, you know, we didn't get paid. It's not about the money, you know, like we get some money, but it's, it's more about, again, wearing that crest and being able to play the game that I absolutely love. You know what I mean? So and you don't go on the I mean, sand every day I, after work for a game you don't love. No. And this was, and what I wasn't getting paid. Like, you know, like I'm going to go on the sand every single day but that's just that's just how I am. Like that's just the motivation that drive. Like I was, it it was pissing me off. Where I was almost embarrassed for myself. Like, and a lot of the guys were like, "Fudo, we know how you play on the on the grass. Like, don't even worry about it. But just work on this, this, and this." Like, Jevin was Jevin and Ronnie were like my two biggest boys, dude. Like those guys helped me through so much i mean they would just push me and push me and you know even tell me i'd suck and then they knew that it sparked me up they knew that when people talk excuse my friends but talk shit to me like that's when i like i love that like bring it on keep on talking you know that drive i'm gonna prove every oh my gosh i love proving people wrong it's the best part about you know this so many things other than just not not even just soccer but um, but yeah, so that's what I did. And that was the start of my 12 year career in beach soccer. <laughs> so I just recently actually had a, uh, a zoom call with Yuri and some of the guys from NorCal and we did a little, uh, in your living room training via zoom call. And you're, you're right though. Like that community of guys that just want to play the game together and get together and make each other better. Like there's definitely that shit talking experience in it, but it's gotta be, it's got, it makes it fun. It makes it competitive. Yeah, if, if you didn't have that, I mean, it's, you know, it's those guys brought those guys were the start of, you know, even 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 before that, though, like, you know, the uh, the whole when Eddie Soto played and all, all those guys played. I mean, you had some really, you know, top guys playing back then. But, you know, the for our generations, it was like the the Yuri's and the uh, uh, Benny's and uh, Jevons and Zach. Even Zach, Zach was, you know, a machine, you know. Um, but you had those guys that, you know, led the way and helped it for us and created this, you know, the the you know, to be a you know, beach soccer national team sport, you know. Um, so I mean I owe a lot of those guys a lot of credit and you know, they those guys helped me through so many times where I was just like, Oh my god, I suck so bad, you know. <laughs> so this most recent World Cup was this World Cup number three for you? It was number two beat soccer, three World Cups total. Three World Cups total. Um, every World Cup is special, no matter what. Like I've, I, I, you know, um, 
Eddie Soto and you know Nick, our captain, like presented this uh, this big old plaque to me at the end because this is it was my last for sure done last time playing. I'm retired for sure. I, I get it. Um, let some of these young guys come in, come in and wreck shop, you know. But uh, <clears throat> you know, I I tell I tell every kid, even like you know the the, the Wettos and Tanner and you know some of these younger guys, Gabe, these guys that have uh, so much potential. You know, it's not just it's not just a beach soccer team. It's not just a World Cup. Yeah, it's for a beach soccer team. It's an extended national team sport, but it's a World Cup. They have to understand. I think they understand it more so now than before. But I mean, they're they're seeing it. I mean, I'm able to when I'm able when I was able to mentor some of these kids and just talk to them. Not that they needed, but some guidance. You know, they don't have a lot of the national team experience that I had. Great guys good people but like that the knowing what it means to play for in a world cup it's it is special because you know it, it comes with beach soccer it's every two years but you know a regular world cups every four years right and you know the the fact that it's you know you're playing the best of the best right it doesn't come you know there's a lot of blood sweat uh tears uh, dedication, uh, sacrifice, family sacrifice. I meant it was crazy how much time I was away from my family. Um, you know, and you know, some of these other kids don't have families and stuff. They're, you know, single still and all that, but some of the sacrifices they had to make, you know, cause we all have jobs too. Some of us. Um, so they, with that being said, they kind of, they, they get it now a little bit more, but even more so it's, 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 it's a, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal, especially, you know, playing for an outdoor under 20 World Cup. That's like it was, you know, you don't <laughs> it's very hard, sure. you know, because injuries. Right. Um, you, you know, you have you have every kid playing it in the in the nation fighting for your job, basically. So you have to not only be fit, you have to be on your game on point all the time not just a month here a month there you get brought back in yeah there was you know 10 12 of us a core of us that we got brought back you know with the u20 team or our core group but it's just hard it's just so much dedication and sacrifice it's a, it, it, you and then the fact that you're wearing you know the crest it's a, it's a whole nother ball game you know you're representing your country like that's pretty amazing. Even if you even play in the practice game with the national team and you wear a crest, you're wearing the crest. So World Cup just means that much more on a bigger stage. I can't even imagine what you're talking about in terms of like the dedication, the knowing that everyone's all eyes on you and, you know, they're going to be always looking for the next best thing. So you got to be the best thing when you get the opportunity. Yeah. And then, and imagine Dylan that, I mean, this has nothing to do with it, but you have to also take this into consideration. We're not getting paid that well. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting we're getting our normal being on the U.S. national team, even as a youth player. That's what it is, basically. You know, which I'm very thankful for. Like, you know, the Jim Morehouse, the Jim Morehouse and, you know, you know, those higher-ups in the Soccer Federation has fought for us hard to get what we have now. You know, but again, it's just like, you have to think like we're, you're, all this dedication, dedication, sacrifice, all this is for basically, if you think about it, it's pennies, but again, you are representing the United States of America. So that's a whole nother, you know, ball game. But 
the reason why I bring that up is, you know, other people look at it differently, you know, like it's not a, it's not a huge sport yet. It's getting bigger, but they're like, Ryan, you have a full-time job. You have to, you know, you're taking all your vacation time to do this and you're not getting paid. Like, are you know, all this and da, 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 da. And it's like, cause I love the game. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Other people might, you know, look at it a little bit differently, but because maybe they want to make it, you know, big which that's our goal right to have a league or to have you know have these full-time players and have a a, um a kind of like a you know an img academy you know like a residence program uh for some of these these kids coming up but it's not close to being there it's closer you know since the women's team came aboard but still not there yet yeah you know exactly and you know I think that's I think that's what the struggle is. And I was just talking to somebody from the Canadian beach soccer team in one of my episodes, and he was talking about how, you know, they're not even affiliated with their national association right now, you know, what that looks like. And they have to grind it out and, you know, prove that they're worth representing the country for and kind of in that respect. It's hard. It's hard, you know, and hopefully that's why I I love that they are they, – they made the women's side of the program. Um, is is because I feel like that that can make it bigger, um, you know. Hopefully on the Olympic level and stage, but again, there's we need more, you know, people like yourself that are, you know, just, you know, f- a big fans. You know, you've played it before. You get it. You want to spread the word. You love the game, right? And what you do is you could, you know, hopefully we could look back on this and be like, dude, Dylan was one of the first that, you know, kind of had this approach of like what we get it out to people more you know with this podcast even you know what i mean yeah man so i mean every step every step towards that is always positive no matter what that's why when you called me i was like of course you know like that's my goal you know i i got to play it i got to live it i loved every bit of it but now it's like let's see the next generations even benefit even more from this you know so talk to me a little so, bit about beach soccer in Columbus. Speaking of the women's side, you and Megan, she kind of talked about a little bit of the struggle and talking about finding your sand. But uh, I know that you played for Columbus Beach Soccer as well. What, is, what does beach soccer look like in the Midwest? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, when I first came here, um, you know, way back in 2000 and. 13 right it was right after our world cup it was after my first world beach soccer world cup in tahiti and it's funny because i didn't even obviously i was like a columbus beach soccer like what do you guys have a beach soccer team in columbus <laughs> like not you know you know what i mean like i wasn't like hating on it but i was like you just don't think about crazy. that cool. no not even not even remotely close so um you know what uh i will have to say two people reached out to me right when I moved here. It was RG, RG Flores and Jared Dombrowski reached out to me and was like, and we're like, Hey, we, you know, we just saw you play with the, you know, in the world cup. And, you know, I, we want to, um, we would love for you to come out and hit, you know, train with us or, you know, whatever, you know? And I was like, of course, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> come out. I'm not going to put a session and we're going to train, you know, we're going to play. I don't, I'm not that, like I said, I, I wasn't higher than them. I wasn't better than them. I, I, I just love the fact that there was actually beach soccer in Columbus, Ohio. You know, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, we just started playing and the first, you know, 
trying to stay fit for for the beat soccer team i was going to bars man so going to bars and you know if even saw a syringe at a bar that i haven't gone back there since i'm not even gonna say what bar <laughs> it was but it was a band fit and it was crazy so and then we just started progressing and start playing with this beach soccer columbus beach soccer team and then started meeting all these other different people and then you know that's where you know like you you were talking about megan you know that's where we i started playing on this uh the co-ed team for the co-ed team at we go to play at these uh pro events and then i would go play for their um it was actually rg and his wife nikki i think they started the team and they just basically um, asked me to come play, and that's when I started meeting all these other people with beach soccer. So, and then, and then, you know, just in the past two two years or so, three years or so, we have a place over in New Albany that it's a it's an old bar and it's an empty court and it's one court and the the sand is deep. It's perfect. It has lights. It's everything. So it's like that's where. The training has came in is at this one location. That's where I trained for, you know, even Jason Santos from our national team. He actually flew out here before um, our World Cup, and he spent about five or six days, and we trained two, two, two days every day. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, you, you have to make do of where we're at. And, you know, that was one thing that I respected Eddie. He's like, I don't, I know wherever Ryan is at, he will get his training in and he will come into camp fit as ever. And you just have to make do. I mean, I've, I've ran not very many times, but I've ran, I've ran in the snow. Like it was snowing and I double bootied up my feet and I ran in the <laughs> snow on the sand. Gotta do so, what you gotta do, man. I'm, yeah, and it's cool. It, it 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 is cool that there is a lot of beach soccer players out here that you would never think of Ohio being a beach soccer um, area. Obviously, about your fitness. Um, what do you think when some people are saying that beach soccer is a sport that you know you can increase the longevity of how long you play? Obviously, being you know a veteran like yourself, um, you know what what does that fitness aspect look like being able to play so long? I, I just I feel like um, you know even in the sand, I feel like are you talking about like how is it my the sand fitness how is it how are you able to play in the sand for longer than like an outdoor or are you saying like how is the sand fitness level um, kind of make you where you could play a little bit longer? So you know what yeah, I mean? so Does that make sense. So in my mind, I see like like at the Virginia tournament, for instance, you see a lot of guys okay. that are a lot older, you know. Um, yeah. and you don't see in some of the younger guys, you know, they're struggling. I think that comes back to what you talked about, about the sand being completely different than the grass. Um, but you know, how does that look? How do you, why do you think that is, I guess that, you know, some older guys are still able to play. Uh, my, my biggest thing is, is just the smarts, smarts, uh, being smart, right. Picking and choose winning, when to go. Right. Like me, I'm a full bore. I will run up and down. Like I'm not, not that I'm not going to. I'm not rare, but like, there's not that many four year olds that could probably run up and down a sand field as much as I can. I'm just saying, but as far as why you see a lot more older um, athletes, soccer players being able to dominate more, it's to say they have they have the experience, they have that the the, te- the technique down, they have the ability to know, you know, where they want the ball. They are able to adapt to different 
you know, situation, it, it, it all comes back to the smarts, you know, it all comes back to being, being smart. And then again, is knowing what they could do and what they can't do. You know, like you, you see like, um, um, uh, let's just say Ozul, like the guy's a machine, right? But he he could hit a ball, and he I, I mean I heard at practice, I mean he hits a hundred balls, right, off the sand, free kicks, right. So you know that every single time he's gonna you're gonna you, you touch him, he he's gonna go down, right. But he knows that ninety percent of the time those balls are gonna go in frames, you know. And I and again, it's not. I think a lot older, a lot more older players like it's. They always say sand is kind of like rough on your knees and stuff, but I feel like it's, you know, it strengthens your joints, all in your ankles, the, you know, ligaments around your knees and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it, it it's less strenuous on your knees than anything. You know what I mean? Um, but again, you, you, you have these older guys that are just dominating, dominating. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, um, I just think a lot of it has to do with the smartness of the game too. I was actually talking to one of the tournament directors from Virginia about mm-hmm. that, and they were saying how, you know, they it comes back to the humbling part of it, right? So, like, these young guys who maybe put a bid in on a the, the pro division come in with that swagger of, like, okay, we're going to be fit. You know, we're younger than a lot of these guys. We'll be able to do some damage. And then you get out there, and the older guys are, you know, moving the ball well. They know – where to play the ball, how to open pockets of space. And they're just making the young guys run, essentially, run them into the sand. Well, because these younger, like you just said, they're, they're younger, so they think they're going to be able to – they're like, oh, it's in the sand. It's not going to be that hard. You know, this field's so small. And little do they know that these, you know, veterans could keep the ball up in the air five, six touches in a row and just making you work. And that little bit of – 30 seconds of running back and forth, you feel like your legs are so heavy because they're not used to the fitness, you know? Like I said, it comes down to being smart, keeping the ball up in the air and making these, you know, the younger kids run. That's why you you do. You see a lot of these younger kids, they look, they're jacked, they're all fit, you know? And then you get this older team where you get a a couple guys that look really unfit and heavier, but they're veterans and they just destroy them. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it, it's being smart, knowing the game, like you said, opening space up, knowing when to make runs. You know, um, a lot of tactical stuff comes into play as well. So, um, for sure, I mean, it's 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 hilarious to watch. I mean, I love when I, you know, you get these outdoor, you get even these outdoor players, and they come and they automatically think it's going to be easy, like me, like what I came in, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I mean, rounding off here, uh, you know, you saying, you know, you've retired, um, still obviously maintaining your fitness, still being a fit guy. What What's the next step for you, you think? What, what would you like to get into being the veteran you are and still wanting to promote this game? Uh, you know, I, I definitely want to go into the coaching side of, uh, of stuff. Um, you know, I think right now, as of right now, um, I've talked to, you know, higher ups with U.S. soccer and, you know, one of the areas where I, th- I feel like I could be a huge asset is, you know, for the women's assistant coaching job position. Um, I know right now uh, Francis is the head coach right now. Um, uh, and I just feel like that's one area. Again, I- I'm so passionate about this game. I've been playing this game such a long time. Girls, women's, men's beat soccer. You know, I, I, I could, I could watch a game. I could 
pick out and I can see strategically what needs to be done, what doesn't, what, what are they doing that they need to do better of, or just even then the whole transition of the game. Like it's so crazy how I, I mean, I have played this game for so long. I can watch a game and definitely pick out stuff that you, you know, you could do, we could do better or just strategic wise and what formation that we need to play and stuff like that. And the fact that, the women's team is it's you know their first years was last year so it's an inaugural season basically they're new um i feel like the fact that there's so much talent out there in the women's soccer world industry basically and they only have Dylan how many professional women's leagues are there one right nwso and look how much talent is out there Endless, right? Endless from high school to college to it goes on and on. And, and, you know, only those selected few and some that maybe not even, you know, maybe they had an off day or they just didn't have the exposure that they need. There's there's players out there that, you know, that didn't make it to the pro women's league. But there's now I feel like this is such an amazing time for the women's team to uh, do something really special. And that's why I was like I was talking to a lot of other people. It's like. There's so much talent. I have so many ideas behind what I would love to do to not only my, you know, my number one, my biggest thing is just to bring back that, um, you know, the, the culture, the, the, the United States national team federation culture of just being a U.S. USA member. Right. And then again, bringing out and making it bigger, not just, you know, making it at, at a, the, the beach soccer community world. You know what I mean? Like Francis, man, Francis knows everyone in the beach soccer community. Right. And I'm getting to know more and more people from being on the team for so long, but he's, you know, he's in the thick of stuff because he's a coach too currently. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, my biggest thing is I want to get it bigger. Like I, I see bigger picture. I see that it could be, oh, man, we could be so dominant. We could, uh, you know, the potential the, the potential is ridiculous ridiculous if you see how dominant we are with all of our other women's national teams all ages outdoor imagine just picking one two people off of each, like it's it's endless it's endless and to be able to um have the ability, uh, ability to like kind of structure that in a way or help build that would be you know so that's you know i never thought i'd be a coach my dad was a coach my brother's a coach um, I was like, once I'm done playing, I don't want to be a coach, you know, like I'm done. But now being a high school coach too as well and the love of the game and just seeing the the amount of impact you can make on, you know, I'm, I coach the women's side. So it's like the impact you can make on some younger females life, not only in soccer, but for professionally, it's freaking amazing. Having a daughter of my own, it's like <clears throat> you want to see them succeed in every way. You know, not just in soccer, though, in life. And so that's why I, I just think that, you know, it could be, oh, my gosh. I, my brain is just, you know, I was even talking, you, you brought up Yuri's name. I was talking to Yuri the other day. I was like, man, this is, it's so ridiculous. Yuri's sister is ridiculously sick at soccer. You know, I was like. She's insane at football. Oh, my gosh. Football, I know. She's amazing. I was like, she needs to come out. Like she needs to just come out. She needs to. So, 
um, so that's like, that's my endeavors. That's what I want to do. I want to, you know, have a, also my professional car, uh, career in the medical field is I want to, obviously I'm maintaining that and keep that because I love what I do, but in the same sense that if I can still be able to be an assistant coach for a, a national team, it, it could be, it, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. So I, I want to first let you know how much you're appreciated in terms of, you know, what you've done for the game, both playing and then, you know, I hope these endeavors do come true because there's, like you said, so much potential, as we always keep saying. And I think that your handle on being humble and teaching those, you know, those skills and mindsets that translate on and off the field, like I think that's huge. And I think that's something that a lot of youth should take away because it's only going to make them a better player in person. Oh, absolutely. Um, but no, Ryan, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on. I'm stoked talking to you right now. I just want to go get on the sand to touch the ball myself. But um, with everything going on, I just want to make sure that everyone's staying safe. And uh, I'm glad you're staying safe as well. You and your yeah, yeah. I, you know, thank you very much. I mean, thank you for all you do, you're, you're doing with this, uh, with this sport. It's amazing. It's amazing that, you know, hopefully this, this sport becomes bigger and you could be a big part of that. So, that I, I mean, uh, cheers to you with my LaCroix. Right now, but, uh, but yeah. I got my water bottle right I know, here. I right? appreciate you. Yeah, and again, this whole situation—you know—big props to all those. Like we always, everyone always talks about those. You know, first responders and the people on the front line. Because I'm in the medical medical field, so you know, big shout outs to them and thank them for everything that they do. Because it, I know so many people that have been affected by it, and and you know, being in the medical field, a lot of people you know, are let go and even let go and, you know, are having hard times too as well. So my uh, shout outs goes to all of them and hopefully that um, this ends sooner than later, but everyone needs to stay home and be safe. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, man. So I appreciate it, Ryan. Good luck to everything. And I can't wait to connect with you when this is all over at a beach. For sure, man. Thank you again.